Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. Just call me Is Zion gonna want out soon? Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Josh Yanks, and today we are getting back into the swing of things with the podcast. Um... To say the least, it has been a very, very long break. Um, a month, right? Yeah. Yeah, over a month. Wow. Yeah, it's been over a month. So, it's nice to be back. We were not able to upload podcasts. We had to take a break from that. We had to get different things going, different content going. But, all of that put aside... I am just happy to be back on the podcast. It's nice. Um, yeah, sorry for the delay, but you know what? This comes at a perfect time. You want to know why? Because of the playoffs. Look, no one cares for the regular season. That stuff was over. It wasn't that important. Right? Like, let's be honest. Like, the final two weeks was just anticipation for the playoffs. No one cared about the final seven, nine games. No one did. No one. But we all have different opinions. I get that. But still, we got past the playing tournament, which I loved. But then the playoffs. Round one starts today. And goodness, am I ready. I... I don't think anyone can understand how much I love the playing tournament in the playoffs. I've waited five long months to have the postseason. I was just talking to my dad about this. When it comes to the amount of games played, five months seems like forever. It's no baseball. Baseball is like 162 games. That's a lot. It takes a while just to get to the playoffs, to the postseason, to the real action. And people can disagree with me, I'm fine with that. Not the biggest baseball person in the world. I just wish we were able to cut down on games. But then the whole financial side, it, it would be a whole debate between players, owners, and just collectively wanting to give money. But there's always different pros and cons. But if we could reduce just like the 62 games, 72 games, or something to where it doesn't take five Long months. I don't know. It would be nice. But you know what? The way I look at it now is that, and the way they've been doing it for the beginning of things, right? Since like the 60s, right? Somewhere around there. Is that you have five months of anticipation and hopes that your team goes to the playoffs. And now that we're here at the postseason, it's just five months of buildup that now allows us to explode from our insides to out, if that makes sense, and just have this overflowing joy. Unless you're the Cavaliers or Clippers. We'll get to them in a bit. But today's podcast episode, guys, just getting back to swinging things on this Saturday morning. 
um, and when this podcast episode is being released, which will be 8 a.m., right, when you're listening to it, just get into swinging things. We're just going to talk about the playoffs. We're just going to talk about yesterday's games, which are Hawks, Cavaliers, then Pelicans, Clippers. Then we're going to break down the four games of today's act of today's matchups. We got a lot, we got a lot of action. And then I will also talk about Sunday's matchups. Um, too, because why not? Yeah, we're going to go through, we're going to look at the entire bracket of the first round, and I'm going to see if I can accurately predict each series. I'm just going to do this on the fly, guys. I'm um, trying to accurately predict. I could try to bring analytics, statistics, all this different stuff. I could bring evidence, but why not? Why not try to go out on a limb and try to guess? Where's the fun if you ever can calculate it? We're going to do this together, so uh, yeah, get, get ready for that. Before we get into the swing of things, let me just clear the air with social media. Let me just get out some of those uh, social media accounts. You guys sure know where the finest. The one that we're most active on is Twitter, honestly. We care more for Twitter than Instagram, Facebook, pretty much any of them. We're on too many to even count, but Twitter.com slash Heat is something very, very cool to check out. Why? Because, well, if you want things that are fast and breaking news, go right ahead. Like, this is the perfect spot. You get all the breaking news, you get everything at your fingertips, and it's less than 250 characters. Trust me. If you're a fast reader, you just hate reading. Twitter's for you. But yeah, we're also on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, um, and different channels like that, or different platforms. We're coming back on the Truth platform, Truth Social. I'm excited about that. So we're trying to breach out. We're trying to just... Just like branch off into different uh, platforms. So I'm excited about that. And without further ado, guys, let's jump into today's edition of the podcast, our return episode of the Court Heat Podcast. And now, guys, let's get into it. Okay, so if you guys are not here on planet Earth, or you just really did not tune in because you're probably out for Good Friday, or you were hanging in with your family, or you just didn't care for anything you wanted to sleep. We're all there sometimes. Um, we saw two incredible matchups happen yesterday. We had the Hawks-Cavaliers game and the Pelicans-Clippers game. And both of those games, I could personally testify to, could not hold on to a single lead. When the Pelicans were up by 16, didn't matter. When the Clippers were up by 13, didn't matter. When the Hawks were losing, didn't matter. When the Cavaliers were holding on to a lead, didn't matter. When the Hawks were battling back, it didn't matter. Because no, no one knew what was happening. Either you are getting blown out or not. Right? Because when I'm looking at this, this, the second half of the Hawks game was dominated by the Hawks. Because Trey Young put up 38 points, 9 assists, and 3 rebounds. Bogdanovich had 19 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. Plus, Gallinari had 14 points. K- 
Kevin Herter had 13, and just going down. Also, something to critically look at, crucial, whatever word you want to use, but just something to look at is Clint Capella. Uh, that's your center. I am a huge fan of Clint Capella. He does not get talked enough because you have a bunch of shooters on a team that will draw more attention. Not their fault, but the media will just gravitate towards them and not a fundamental-based, uh, really good center, plays traditional big man, is just one of the best rebounders as height and weight would be Clint Capella. And Capella right now is suffering a knee injury. I believe it was a knee hyperextension. I, I believe it went to his right knee. I have to check my notes on that, but I'm pretty sure it happened to the right knee. He did not return for that game. But per ESPN and per different sources out there, this should not be a major injury, hopefully. There's some optimism that the severity is not significantly large, that there's not a lot of risk, which would be huge, without doubt, because you need to have your center back. He's been very, very critical. He really has been. And for people that do not know his stat line, here I'm pulling it up right now. If I can. Okay, um, so apparently. Uh, there we go. Look at that. He's averaging 11 points and close enough to 12 rebounds per game. Come on. You're telling me that does not deserve any attention? It's unfortunate that he had to hyperextend his right knee. You know what it makes me realize is like the Giannis Antetokounmpo um, knee. You remember when he hyperextended his knee in the um, NBA Finals? Was it? No, was it? No, it was not the NBA Finals. It was against the Hawks. If I'm, if I'm remembering that correctly. But it was in the postseason, right, guys? So it was in the postseason. That's what it's reminding me of because it was it was a scary entry. It was, it was kind of risky. It was... Not that great to look at. Hyperextended knees and how they turn and just move should not look that way. Should not go that way. But yeah, hopefully Capella's good for the beginning of their postseason, right? They'll be facing um, a number one seed, and we'll jump into that. So I have everything to break down, and my personal opinions on it all. But that was interesting. The Hawks won both of their games. The Cavaliers lost both of theirs. The funny part is, is that if the Cavaliers would have won the first game against Brooklyn, they would have been facing the Boston Celtics. But since they didn't, they had to go face Atlanta, who did beat out uh, 10th seed Charlotte Hornets by, what was it, 29 points, 30 points. It was a huge blowout. And now they had to face Cleveland, and then they advanced on since Cleveland can't win a game due to injury, but yeah. So really interesting stuff, right? And so creeping into that bracket, we saw some possible matchups, and I talked about this on Courtie.com, or even our Substack or even CourseHeat.Substack.com. I was talking about the most likely opponents. 
And I said, and I quote, and this is what I've been saying all along, even though I have not said this on the website, or or on the podcast, rather, I have expressed this publicly, that I find it to be a greater threat of, the, the greater threat here out of the Clippers and the Pelicans, are the Pelicans, in some ways. Same could be said for the Clippers. CJ McCollum is a one-man wrecking crew. And he has tremendous help out of Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valtruez, if I'm saying his name right. That's a tough three right there. The thing that helped the Pelicans was not having Paul George. Paul George was out of, uh, my brain's not working today, he was out of the playing tournament due to health and safety protocols. He was not eligible to play. So that really killed any momentum the Clippers had, any chance they had. But they held on. They almost succeeded. That's the funny part. They almost held on. But getting back to what I was saying, the article, I I wanted to face the Spurs. That would have been the easiest team. Most likely wouldn't have happened, as we saw. But it was something there. Pelicans or Spurs I wanted to play. I don't want to play Minnesota. Minnesota's too risky. I don't want to play the Clippers because of bad blood. And the Clippers are, and the Timberwolves are just annoying because you got Patrick Beverly and all those guys on there. But now I'm taking a look on it. So now, fast forwarding through, we see the Pelicans defeated the Spurs. The Timberwolves defeated the Clippers. That moved the Timberwolves into the seventh seed, which will set them up against the second seed, Memphis Grizzlies. And then we saw yesterday night the Pelicans, in a thriller fashion, epic fashion, defeat the Clippers to advance to the eighth seed to take on a number seed, the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. So it's very interesting how it's all played out. Now, of course, you have your fifth seed, uh, Utah taking on the fourth seed, Dallas, Golden State third seed, Denver sixth seed, right? That's for the Western Conference. And this is all for uh, round one of the NBA playoffs. I'm fine with us facing the Pelicans. I'm not too concerned about that. I guess my own hesitancy would be CJ McCollum, would be Brandon Ingram. And Jonas. It gets interesting when we get into playoff mode. Because Willie Green does know the Suns inside out. Head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. I'll get that. I'll get to that in a bit. But just recapping yesterday's games. We saw what was to be the most likely. The most likely end to the Pelicans. Was in the third quarter when the Clippers outscored the Pelicans 38 18. I put them up by 13. But then the Pelicans just lay into them, tear into them, and win the fourth quarter by 31 17. That right there set up Brangram to have a 36 6 game. Uh, CJ McCollum 19 points. Trey Murphy, the third, and Larry Nance Jr. both have 14. Nance Jr. had 16 rebounds, 16 crucial rebounds, and yeah, it's just very interesting. Pelicans have faced a lot. 
They really have. But now that since we're getting to the postseason, how banged up are they? They've gone through a couple days of just a mental and physical test, and now they have to face the best team in the NBA. And no, that's not the Lakers. They were never going to be that. It was actually the Phoenix Suns. And then when you come over here to the Hawks Cavaliers, the Hawks also did much, and now they have to face Miami. That's their number one seed. It's tough. It really, really is tough. And so looking into that, guys, just looking into the entire bracket, I'm just going to switch over to that now, is this. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Let me just talk this through. Cleveland was too banged up to face Miami. They would have got slaughtered. Mentally and physically. Could they have won a game or two? Potentially. Potentially. But out of, out of the Hawks and out of the Cavaliers, which team would I prefer to face Miami? Who could beat the Heat? Probably would beat the Hawks. Why? Because the Hawks are more established. They haven't suffered many injuries. Sure, John Collins was a major setback. Sure, Clint Capella happiness is a very untimely setback and one that could be costly without fail. But they've been established. They have good chemistry. They have uh, good shooters. They got pure shooters. They have some really, really good players in different, real, in different areas that they're really, really good in. That, to me, is very interesting. And that is something that should not be taken lightly, but should be taken seriously, if that makes sense. I think Miami will have a better... Will have a, I think have a better struggle against the Hawks than they would have against the Cavaliers. Truthfully. Because... Players are saying, Miami could fizzle out, they could stay in. It just depends what happens. If the Hawks go deep like they did the last postseason, which, don't get me wrong, they went pretty deep, but would they get lucky? This one is no small task. But remember this, Miami Heat have a chip on their shoulder. They have something to prove because they got bounced. In the first round, the Puffs against the Bucks. And what I mean, they got bounced. They got swept. 4-0. Didn't win a single game. It was only close like once or twice. And it was only forced to overtime once. The overtime game, which I think was like game one, is the closest game there was. And that was with Dante DiVincenzo and different Bucks players not, the, not being healthy than Dante DiVincenzo. A buck at the time, which just ruled out for many of the season, postseason was over, etc., etc. It, it gets interesting. So Miami's gonna have a lot of aggression towards us. Jimmy Butler's gonna want to win. Same with Bama about Tyre Hero. I sing at least with him. So it gets very, very interesting, and it gets very, very real. Eric Spolster's gonna make sure 
that he could beat out Nate McMillan in the coaching scheme. He's going to make sure that players are properly matched. And so starting to try to unwind and try to delve deep into what these first round matchups are going to be like, and we're focusing on Miami and Atlanta first, my heart, my gut, my gut says Miami, but my heart wants Atlanta. I love Neymar Miller as a coach. What he did by turning around the organization after having a, a horrific start, thanks to uh, Lloyd Pierce, who is not a very good head coach in my opinion. I've said much stronger things about him in the past, but I've already addressed that right. He just wasn't a good head coach. He was actually worsening the team, but Neymar Miller took it over. Was able to build chemistry around this team, and now look where they're at. They're forty-three and thirty-nine. They're in the plan. This is where things get interesting. It's do or die. You can't lose your home games, and you have to beat them at home. My heart wants the Hawks, my gut saying my like logically I'm saying the heat. Emotionally I'm saying the Hawks. Does that make sense? I think this only goes in five games. When I say it's gonna be Miami. But I love for Miami to make this a six game. Make it interesting. I four two I'm going to have two sides. Emotionally, I'm going, emotionally, I'm going to have the Hawks upsetting them for the free. Logically, I'm going to have the He winning in five. And I'm being generous with that one game. But who knows? Because they could both be equal in some ways. They both have talent. Both have skill. Both have the what's what's the right word here? Both have the talent of skill and just the brute force to win. They could turn up the physicality. They could turn up the intensity. They could do that. They could play mind games. They could do all of that. By saying who's gonna want it more, it's gonna be that. Personally, I'm taking Miami. I just am. I, I just can't see it. And I hate I hate to say it, I, I really do. That's just how I feel. You just never know. You just never know. And it's like so tough. But then we get... Now we get into a different one, which can really be tricky. The, because Miami versus Atlanta is not a hard one to predict. I'm picking Miami to win. A hard one to pick would be Phil against Toronto. It gets real tough for Philly. Why? Because not all of their players are vaccinated. They're one of the few teams that have not disclosed their vaccination status. 
Let's be real honest about that. Fiebel could be unvaccinated. I am those guys could be unvaccinated. And Canadian law says you cannot cross their border unless you're vaccinated. You must show proof of that. Cannot cross their border to get into Canada. That's that could be debated on if that's right or wrong. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about that struggle from a basketball perspective. That makes it very tough. When you gotta win close games. When you gotta win these gritty gutty games. When you gotta win the games that count. And you can't have all your players, even star players, who knows if who's vaccinated or not. And they can't make it to Toronto because they're not vaccinated. That's gonna jeopardize things. Again, this is tough. This is tough. Guys, I'm going to be honest. Philly is interesting. really is. But even with the added benefits for Toronto, I don't see Toronto working. I say they get slammed in the first round. I truly, truly, truly do believe that. Fred Van Vliet and all those guys are very talented. But I say Philly with the big three they have. is going to make things work. I truly do believe that. I say they're going to win in six. Sorry, I was taking a drink of water. I truly do believe that. Philly just seems more overpowered, more talented, have better shooters, and they have Doc Rivers as a coach who's been there, done that, high situations, in doubtful situations, in all different situations. Same as Nick Nurse, but I just see Philly coming out. I truly do. And then we move on down to Milwaukee versus Chicago. And I get this odds are not stacked in the favor of Chicago. I truly get that. They've not been able to beat good teams. Now they got to go against the reigning, defending, undisputed uh, champs of the 2021 NBA Finals. It just gets so tough. It gets tough from the perspective that you've DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Kobe White, uh, Vujovic, and all those different guys who are very talented. That has to go against Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bobby Portis, and Brooke Lopez. I'm going to pull up the roster of the Bulls real quick. Because what I'm going to say to you guys is shocking. I believe 
that Alonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Nikola Vujovic can beat out Milwaukee without fail. They can beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that. I'm not lying when I say that. I'm not trying to just put out hot takes. It is a hot take, but I'm not doing that to be an idiot. Personally, I'm calling for the upset. I'm calling for the upset because I don't believe the Bucks can defeat the Bulls. I don't believe Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, can carry the Bucks if something happens to Giannis. What if the big free Milwaukee cannot stop Vujovic, Caruso, DeMar, and Zach Levine? I don't believe they can. Ooh, Bobby Porter's going to step in. Please, get him out of here. Same with Brooke Lopez. You get lucky once in a while. Personally, the Bucks are are going to fade. Sure, let's say they get past the first round. They ain't making it to the second round. They ain't making it out. They'll lose. They'll lose either in the first or second round. I'll bank on that all day. I truly, truly will. Puff start today. Bucks, Bulls, I'm calling for the upset in six or seven. My heart would love it if they got to sweep. They swept their Bucks. But it's either gonna go six and seven. These are gonna be a high these gonna be a high level contest. These are gonna be intense, they're gonna be physical. They're gonna test everything each individual player has. On both sides. This is going to test Billy Donovan. Head coach of the Chicago Bulls. This is going to test Mike Boonholzer of the Milwaukee Bucks. Standings don't matter anymore. This is the pops. Anything can happen. And I'm calling for the first true real deal upset of the postseason. It's going to happen in Eastern Conference. I'm taking the Chicago Bulls. Five games separate them. That's all. That's all. So I'm taking the Bulls. Just am. I ain't trying to get controversial in this. I'm not trying to say, well, this, just because I have harsh feelings towards the Bucks because of the NBA Finals, and because I don't believe Mike Boonholzer's all of that, will affect us. No. I just believe the Bulls are a very good team under excellence. Under excellence guidance, under the excellence of Billy Donovan. His guidance is truly phenomenal. He's turned around teams. You know, he took an OKC team with Chris Paul, Shea Alexander, one of and what's Jeremy Grant? It was one of those guys on. See what's your Jeremy Grant? But it was one of those, one of those guys. He took that team. They had a 2.8% chance of making the postseason. They made the postseason. They made a mini run. That's called greatness. That's set up by coaches, set up by the players, and they have great chemistry. That's just a fact. You're telling me Billy Donovan can't whip that up with a great defender, Billy Donovan, a heck of a shooter, and Zach Levine, 
DeMar DeRozan, who's been skillful, masterful. Alonzo Ball, who's been a terrific playmaker, who's averaging five assists per game. Come on. I'm not... I, I just do not see where this team can go wrong. Just don't see this going bad. Brom. Okay, wow. I'm an idiot. I forgot Alonzo Ball was shut down for the remainder of the season. I'm an idiot. Wow. Maybe he can come back for the playoffs. Okay. See, they're not their point guard. Their backup point guards, Alex Caruso. And Kobe White. Okay, um, I'm still taking the upset. Even though I got that horrifically wrong, I'm still taking the upset. See, even they don't have one, so they're going to be fine. It may be tough. They may lose home games. They may lose away games, but they're going to swing games. They're going to make it count when it's needed. I truly do believe that from the bottom of my heart. Now, guys, this matchup right here, Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets, oh, buddy, I I, I like this. I, I really, really do. Jason Tatum versus Kevin Durant. That's going to be nice. Kyrie Irving versus Jalen Brown. And I'm excited for that. I really, 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 really am excited for that. Oh. So you know Kyrie could play away games now. And, well, home games too. This one's tough to call. I like both teams. I respect both teams. Kevin Durant's a future Hall of Famer. Jace Tata is trying to carve out a name for himself. Prove himself to the league. He's been having a monstrous year. Why stop now? Oh, boy. This is going to be tough to call. But the matchups will be there. High, intense games will be there. Guys. Those are going to be must-see games. I wish I could be down there in Boston or Brooklyn. That would be... That would be amazing. I'll be watching those games. I'll be watching those games for sure because you never want to miss those games. You just never do. Those are games you want to cherish. Jason Tanner has a chance to carve a name for himself. The Nets have a chance to finally get out of the slump and prove they belong in the NBA Finals. 
like they were supposed to be last season before injuries. Because who knows what would happen if Kyrie didn't go down. But many teams could say that about their key players, role players, whatever. This is tough. You guys, you know what? I don't like doing this. I, I like Kyrie. I like Kevin Durant. I like all those players. I like Steve Nash's coach. I think Amy Udoka and the Boston Celtics are going to get lucky and prove that it wasn't luck. But it was actually skill by them beating the Brooklyn Nets in six. I, I truly believe that. You're going to be going back and forth. Leads will not matter. Momentum, adrenaline, everything else is going to be charged into that game. In the end, it's going to be the Boston Celtics. They may lose their home game. They may win a home game. They may lose a away game. They may win a away game. Like, it doesn't matter. They're going to do whatever they want. But it's going to be in six. But you're going to be close games. Again, like the Atlanta Hawks, Miami Heat. First round matchup. Emotionally, I want the Brooklyn. What can't get to me? Because they're both evil and matched in some ways. They both have talent. They both have star power. They're both thriving. Both have chemistry. Both have respect for the. I... Emotionally, I want the Celtics to win. But logically, and what my mind's telling me, my gut's telling me, is that the Nets are just going to pull away and win it. Or this is going to be a crucial Game 7 to where it's going to come down to the final shot. Which I'm alright too. I just want a good series. So that's how, I, that's how I envision it playing out. That's what's running through my mind. Now, we flip the script. We just got done. Oh, pardon me. We just got done with the first round of the Eastern Conference. Now, what about the first round of the Western Conference? I'll get the Phoenix and the Pelicans later. I'm actually going to start with the Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. This one to me seems very easy, very simple. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little controversial here. I'm gonna be a little bold. Minnesota wins in five. The Timberwolves win in five games. The Grizzlies have power, they have John Morant, they have won without John Morant, they have Dylan Brooks, they have so much talent on there. But when it comes to the Timberwolves, in the mental and physical mind games that they put on their opponents, which is brutal. They have D'Lo, Big Cat, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, all those different guys. I'm taking Minnesota. I like their odds. Memphis has not been there in a while. But people on Players on on the Timberwolves have 
been in that situation. I've been in the playoffs. I've been in those high state games. No one have been in that situation in Memphis. My fear is, is that Dylan Brooks, John Moran, one of those guys, are going to go out and play Lamelo Ball. 7-25, cannot get hot, or play like Terry Rozier. It cost him. Cost him. That's why I'm saying the seventh seed is going to upset the second seed, and it's going to be wonderful. Personally, I love to see a uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Memphis rivalry grow from this, and if they can meet in the playoffs, that'd be cool. Personally, guys. Personally, I'm taking Memphis. I'm sorry, taking Minnesota. I just believe they're gonna have so much star power because at some point benches are gonna come into factors, and I just believe Minnesota is just gonna erase them. You're telling me that you're gonna be able to beat Tar Prince, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and all those guys. You got a deep bench. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys on the bench. It's all ready to be rotated in and out. I just don't see how the Grizzlies can be able to stay with them. Sure, you have. Zari Williams, Tyce Jones, Jerry Jackson Jr., John Ryan, Stephen Adams, Dylan Brooks. Those six guys are great. But their bench is just interesting. They just The bench is not compared to the bench of Minnesota. I smell an upset coming. I like I like Jerry Jackson Jr., John Moran, Stephen Adams, Dylan Brooks a lot. I just don't know. Defense will be king, but I just believe playmaking and offense and defense will just go to Timberwolves. They may get out rebound, rebounded, but they're going to make most of their shots. They're going to make the shots that count, that matter the most. So I'm giving to Minnesota. They've sent the proof, same way with Grizzlies. I just don't see it. Logically and emotionally, I just don't see it. I like John Moran. I like remember I like those guys. I just see it going to Minnesota. And here's another easy one. Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. A third seed versus a sixth seed. This is easy, guys. I'm picking Golden State. I'm picking them to win in six. I think Jokic and all those guys will give them a run for the money. But with Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, all of that talent, I think it's going to beat out Denver. You have no Murray, no Michael Porter Jr., none of that. They're still going to be out, most likely. I think that goes without fail, without say. 
You got Aaron Gorn, I get it. Get DeMarcus Cousins, I get it. Got Compazzo, but Compazzo is suspended, I believe. Yeah, suspended for first game, which can have a huge impact. Will Barn, they just do not have the depth. There's no one even compete with Jordan Polite. Who? Jeff Green? Will Barn? No. Andrew Wiggins is going to win that matchup. Whoever he's faced. Nikhil Jokic will not be able to beat out Draymond Green. Stephen Curry will not be beating out. Clay Thompson will not be beating out. The Splash Bros are going to make their puff return. This weekend. And it's going to be an epic fashion. I truly do believe that. I don't see where a contest can even begin. I'm giving the Nuggets two games for fun. And just because I'm trying to be generous. Because I do believe that they could pull out a win or two. Because the Nuggets have been the, the Warriors before. When both teams were slightly healthy and when they weren't healthy. It just gets very, very interesting. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Jokic and the Nuggets. Nor am I of the Warriors. Like, for the Suns' sake, I want the Nuggets instead of the Warriors. Because the Warriors will impose a much greater threat. But I just don't see the Warriors losing in the first round. Or having to sweat that much. But you gotta remember, we the, the, the Warriors have Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Jordan Pulley, Pull, and many different guys like that who've been proving themselves night in and night out, and they have an excellent bench. Denver does not have that luxury, especially with injuries. But they, but they have to be held accountable and not just give them excuses. If Nikhil Jokic could be could be back-to-back -back MVP, he is the reigning MVP, and he has to show it, he has to prove it, then he must prove it against the Warriors, and that is upsetting them. Because it, it, will, it will be a true upset if they lose. If they beat the Warriors, then it is a true upset. If they don't, it's a failure, and it will be expected. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. One thing I do know is that Dallas versus Utah. That's going to be tough. It just is. But Luke Doncic, this is the Jazz's time to capitalize. Just like their postseason um, series last year. It's tough. Think about it. Last season, last postseason. Luke was still in that country. Now he's dealing with a strained calf. He's out for game one. We have no idea if he's going to be cleared for game two or game three. Or let's just focus on game two. Since he's already been determined out for game one. This is Rudy Gobert's, Don Mitchell's time to succeed in the playoffs. They have the pieces. Like, the Utah Jazz have the pieces. They just do. They have the pieces. Dallas is undermanned right now. They've only have Tim Hardaway Jr. leading that group. Jason Kidd's a phenomenal head coach who's going to be able to tackle those obstacles. But Quinn Snyder 
And and the Jazz are just going to obliterate them, personally. There's going to be some games that are going to be like that. There's going to be some games that's not like that. It's going to be close. It's not going to be close. Looking on this pen and paper and just going off my field for it and just talking it out to you guys, personally, I feel the Jazz are going to win. Honestly. You're going to tell me that a Luka Doncic-less Luka Doncic team is going to be able to beat Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Let me pull up the team. Let me pull up the Jazz real quick. Yeah, you're not going to be able to be. Jordan Clarkson's great. So you have two great point guards. Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley Jr., Zon Whiteside, Bodon Donovich, Devon, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. And then you've got a solid bench with Rudy Gay, Eric Pascal, Greg Monroe, guys like that. Uh, Juanjo Hernan Gomez, Daniel House, guys like that. That's going to get the job done. Dallas. This is where it comes very tricky. Very tricky. Going to be Luka Doncic. But you got Spencer Dinwiddie. Don't forget that. Get Jaron Brunson. Don't forget that. Get Reggie Block. Don't forget that. You got Doreen Finney-Smith. Tim Hardaway Jr. You got guys, Josh Green. You got guys. But can it compete? The guys that compete against the Jazz would be Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, maybe Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe Dwight Puff, and most likely Jalen Brunson. Besides that, guys, the Mavericks. Without Winder Luka Doncic, when Luka when he don't have Luka Doncic, the Jazz are just overpowered in some positions. Plus, Quinn Snyder's been in this position. Jason Kidd had a failed run with the Milwaukee Bucks. Personally, guys, I'm taking the Jazz. And I'm taking them in five. I don't think this is the Mavericks here. They have good pieces, but I don't think they have good enough pieces to overcome the odds of Utah. And hopefully I'm proven wrong because I do like this Dallas Mavericks team. But Luka Doncic makes a huge difference when he's on the court. And that goes without say because he is the best Euro player I've seen in my lifetime ever. And lastly, guys, we have the Phoenix Suns versus New Orleans Pelicans, where master meets student. Willie Green, who's the student, takes on the master, who is Monty Williams. Willie Green knows the offense in and out, knows the team in and out. Study Monty because he was the lead assistant, the Monty's coaching staff. This could be tricky because now you have CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and different, and Jonas Valchunas, if I'm saying his last name correctly, and hopefully I am, 
going up against the Phoenix Suns. This is very, very interesting, guys. We're going to see a test. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to get it done in five or six games. I'm not doubting the Phoenix Suns can't. It'll be one of the greatest upsets in Phoenix Suns history if they lose, but they're not. They're going to win. In five or six games, they're going to win. I don't see them beating out Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Chris Paul, DeAndre, Jay Crowder, and all those different guys. I don't see that. I, can't I don't see it happening. It won't happen. The Pelicans are good, but not great as the Suns. You want to be top level? You want to be top notch? Do with some other team, not the Suns. We'll blitter him to the ground. We play him on Sunday, going to blitter him to the ground. At least that's the expectations. I just, there's no way the Pelicans make it out. Willie Green can know all he can know about Monty Williams. He can read the entire playbook. He can know it off by heart. He can do the tendencies of Monty. It does not matter. Because the players will mix it up. The players will swap things in and out. The players just do things differently. And the Pelicans have to try to counteract that, combat and different things like that. They just have to. It'll make things very, very difficult for the Pelicans. Just well. The Pelicans will not have the fire. Like, the death of the Phoenix Suns cannot be matched by any team. And I'm talking about great players. I'm talking about good players on that team. Saw players, decent players. They have death. They have hustlers. They have motivators. They have game changers. Game inspirers on there. Inspirers on there. They have guys on there that can shoot for days, that can rebound for days, that can run for days, that can pass for days. And they've grown as a culture, as a group, as like a basketball family in a way. That cannot be broken. They have high chemistry, high trust. And that won't be broken. That cannot be defeated. They have one goal. 16 wins. Now give them a championship. 12 wins will give them to the finals. And they're going to make that no different. They're going to win in five games against the Pelicans. Now I'm being generous with that one game. Being very generous. Suns are going to win. And that is a fact. That's just a fact. Suns who are 64 and 18 will now lose to the 36 and 46 Pelicans. The Orleans will be sent home and we won't care. We'll move on to the next round. Willie Green, I wish him all the best of luck. But he's he has he's a tough road ahead of him. And it's against his former team. His former mentor. And this is where the master finally conquers the student. Because regular season games don't matter. In comparison to the playoffs, you could beat us in the regular season all you want, but it doesn't matter. As soon as you get to the postseason, it's an entirely different atmosphere. That being said, guys, let's move on to today's games. Here are the games that will be happening today. There's four, and this is all in Arizona time. So if you like going off Arizona time or you live in Arizona or somewhere else, we're just going off Arizona time. Okay. Up first, Jazz 
versus the Mavericks. That's a 10 a.m. Mavericks are playing at home. This is tough. I'm actually going to give this game to the Jazz. I just believe the Jazz is going to come out as firing. I truly, truly do believe that. So I'm going to give the Jazz the win. This game starts at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then you also have 12.30 p.m. You have Timberwolves Grizzlies. This one's going to be fun. Now I want plays in Memphis. But then at 3 o'clock tomorrow, you have uh, Raptors versus 76ers. 76ers play at home. Interesting. So no COVID-19 vaccine mandates will be in place, meaning that they could play. I'm going to give that to the 76ers. Right? And then lastly, at 5.30 p.m. today, we have Nuggets Warriors. You guys already know who I'm going to pick. And that is the Warriors. The Pine at home, Dub Nation's going to be behind. The Bay Area is just going to be electrifying. I'm excited for that game. And then, of course, guys, looking at Sunday's matchups, we have all of the rest of game one, concluding game one, we had on the Monday. I'll cover Monday when Monday comes. We have at 10 a.m. on Sunday, Hawks, Heat, Heat playing at home. Then we have at 12.30 p.m., Nat Celtics, Celtics playing at home. Then Bulls, Bucks at 3.30 p.m., Bucks are playing at home. And then Pelican Suns, 6 p.m., Suns are playing at home. Guys, I'm excited for this. These are going to be outstanding games. I'll be here breaking all the news, covering all the games that I can, as I will be hanging out with family. I will be doing different things throughout the weekend. But I'll be there to watch the Suns game. I'll cover that one. But yeah, I'll be here to enjoy it throughout the weekend. I'm just excited to pause here. And I'm excited that Cortez is able to get back to the podcast. So I am super, super excited about that. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and coming back to the Core Team Podcast. Truly do appreciate it. We'll be, pardon me, we'll be coming out with our regular schedule Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Those four days of pure action. We're covering the puffs. We're going to cover the finals. And guys, I'm just excited about it. Until then, until then, guys, I'll see you Monday. Have a great Easter. And until then, let the outro music take us out now.